0: Yeah, so you're basically like in menstrual
1: tea. Don't ever say that. Don't ever say that to me again. Like the tea, the tampons, the tea bag, the wave pools, the hot water. Bitch, I fucking know. Sand castles in the sand. Sand castles in the sand. All right. <laughs> Hey, Caitlin.
0: Hi, Kate. How are you?
1: Good. How are you? Good. Tired. Yeah, back to first, work. First weeks back are always rough. Yeah. And you're coming back <laughs> off of vacation, so that's also... Oh, my gosh. I know. Hoof. Yeah. So thanks, everybody, for allowing us to be a week late on this while we uh, both lived. Were a, lived, lived our lives. We're Had adjusting and vacationing and... Yeah, just re-centering ourselves Mm -hmm. in order to to better serve this show. Yes. Appreciate ya. So if you all don't know, I'm Kate. I'm Caitlin. And we are Hey Beautiful, the podcast, the only podcast that is recapping every single episode of How I Met Your Mother. Zero spoilers, wherever we can avoid it. This week, we're talking about sandcastles in the sand. So good. Oh, my God. What an episode. I mean, I forgot about the whole Revertigo B-plot. Yeah. with Me li- too. Like, that whole thing was... Uh, there's so much happening in this episode, so we will get into that. Uh, first, just a couple little updates. We hit 50,000 listens on SoundCloud. That's insane. 50, right? 50,000. Can't believe it. So, And we're also coming up on our two-year anniversary, Caitlin. I can't believe that. Yeah. Might have to do another giveaway for our anniversary, I feel. I feel that's just necessary. Seems like like a good one, right? Yeah. So stay tuned for that, friends. Um, Yeah, we ended up giving away a beautiful yellow umbrella after folks wrote in and told Mm -hmm. us why they love our show. It was really, really nice to read all those comments. It really
0: was. It was touching. Thank
1: you all so much for that. That's... Just just great validation and vindication for us to keep doing this. So mm-hmm. congratulations to Derek, who scooped up that yellow umbrella. He's a, I think he's a newer listener, but he sent in a legendary moment this week, along with 13 other people. That's insane. That's so many. Yeah, dude. So thank you all so much for participating in this show. It's mm-hmm. grown a lot. A lot has happened, and it's just awesome. Feeling really good about it. It's crazy that it's been two years, dude. I know. We've covered a lot of ground. Um, we have. It's 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 wild. So there's that. Uh, we did our Patreon live stream this week, uh, or last last week. This week, I don't even know what day last it is. Week. Last week. Wait. Okay. Last week because it's Monday. Uh, Yeah, and that was awesome once we got it figured out. (laughs) So thanks to everyone for coming. Remember, if you are a $10 or $20 level member, you can go back and watch all the live streams, even if you just joined. So They're pretty good. Hell yeah. So uh, make sure to check on Patreon for your Facebook link to our secret group, and you can go and, and check out all the live streams you've missed. And last but not least, just a reminder, we got some merch out there. Yes. Some very cute Hey Beautiful podcast merch floating around. So you can pick that stuff up at Zazzle.com slash Hey Beautiful Pod. Get yourself a mug, a t-shirt, what have you. I like
0: to uh, eat a lot of snacks, and there is a little snacking bowl. There's a
1: snacking bowl that is named for Caitlin that you can get (laughs) your little mitts on if you also enjoy eating crunchy snacks. Preferably into a microphone. Yeah, directly into the microphone. Right into the microphone, It's perfect. It's beautiful.
0: I should put on the settings (laughs) so it captures sound from all over, not just the one direction.
1: The dream. The dream. Get all the crunch. It's like last time when we were recording in the same room and you were like (laughs) clacking away and I was like, go ahead and finish because I can't cut that shit out this time. That's crazy. I know. I'm so used to that. clickety-clack. The clickety-clack.
0: My voice was a little like raspy sounding, and that reminded me there was commentary on the DVD. Ooh! And it was with Courtney King, Yay. Pam Prime, and Colby Smulders, oh my and God. Craig Thomas. Oh my
1: God!
0: And Robin, or Colby, before she was um, recording singing Sandcastles in the Sand, her voice was raspy because it was early in the morning, and the guy who was there told her to eat a green apple and it fixed it.
1: Whoa! little trick of the trade. That's so cool. Good to know. So,
0: I'm not going to go upstairs to get a green apple. I'm just going to clear my throat and hope for the best. All Uh,
1: right. Well, that's it. We have a huge episode. Uh, We got to get right into it. Hell yeah, because we're also going to be airing the second half of our interview with Alec Lev, Mm -hmm. who was... Hugely instrumental in the creation of the actual music video inside this epic episode. (laughs) So be sure to listen to that as well toward the end of the episode, along with a metric ton, metric for metric system, Canada, Mm -hmm. get it? Mm -hmm. A metric ton with two N's and an E of legendary moments from listeners like you so many so many and now let's get into sandcastles
0: in the sand this episode of hey beautiful is brought to you by our patreon almighty five level members russell tish and johnny thank you for your support and to all of our patrons you are truly legendary Hey, beautiful Patreon members get cool ham-yum theme perks every single month, from bonus episodes to fun new recipes to private live streams with us, which are always free of technical difficulties, by the way. Perfectly executed
1: every single time. Every time. time.
0: Yep. Every time. That's just a fact. To learn more and sign up, visit patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod.
1: All right. We have arrived, folks. Robin sparkles to y'all. Crazy aka season 3 episode 16 Sandcastles in the Sand First aired April 21st 2008 one day after 420 what a shame And it's been a while but we got ourselves <gasps> a lady writer lady for one of the best episodes ever Courtney Kang is in the of building course. amazing and I mean, what can be said about the direction of Pam Fryman in this episode? Fucking incredible. So we start off, we get a little recap for anyone who's living under a rock. And we find out, again, that Robin used to be a Canadian pop star, a.k.a. Robin Sparkles. But by 2008, she was a completely different person. And we get this montage of, you know, the most robin Pieces of Robin's personality, right. The gun, the cigar, uh, working on this horrible news show, Metro News 1. Is your baby trying to kill you? (laughs) We see Robin dressed to the nines at the bar, and everyone else looks like their usual schlub selves, right? Mm -hmm. So there's got to be a reason. She's got this gorgeous blue dress on. Kobe Smulders looks amazing in a royal blue. She really does. All those jewel tone colors, like an emerald, a royal blue. She looks fucking yes. phenomenal. It's like got the cut down to past her sternum. Girls are looking good. Girls are looking good. There's like this lacy middle panel that I love and mm-hmm. her hair is all blown out. She's got this statement necklace and her face is beat for the gods. Oh, yes. They really gave gave her the full treatment and it's amazing. Uh, so she apparently spent a long time making her boobs look like boobs, and half a nerf football's in there. It's a lot. I love the little shimmy she does when Ted
0: finally calls it out, and she's like,
1: "Yeah." So we find out she's doing all of this because her first boyfriend ever is coming to town, and we get a nice little uh, DeGrassi joke from Barney. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what DeGrassi is, it was like. Canadian high school drama, soap opera, like a high yeah. school soap opera, like like hour fifteen, but it it did better. Like fifteen was on for like half a second, I think. Maybe it's kind of like Dawson's Creek, but I think you got like there was like a bigger crowd. In yeah, Degrassi, there were Dawson's... more characters because really more like soap
0: opera in that mm. way, where there were so many players. Yeah, 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 so, so many. You could have any kind of storyline going,
1: any, you know. including Drake ending up in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Degrassi check it out so we then cut to Simon to learn more about this first boyfriend uh and it's fucking James Vanderbeek so fun fact yeah that's really his hair that's all his hair you are you serious that's what that's what Courtney Kang said it okay I wanted to talk about this later but we can talk about it now why his head is so long yeah, it's always been huge. It's a very long head, so yeah. it looked like it was like extra long, like a wig had been placed. Yeah, on top. That's just his hair. That's what Courtney Kang said that he was like so into it,
0: and oh my they said that God. was his own hair. Wow, and that he wanted to go even further with looking like schlubby. Wow, he wanted oh, uh, to be like fully
1: bald. I. I love him. We will see tons of James Vanderbeek later this episode. Uh, yeah. If you don't know him from other things, he literally was a 90s heartthrob. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, to some, on Dawson's Creek. He's from Cheshire, Connecticut. He's from Connecticut? I thought
2: he was yeah, Canadian.
1: Oh. No. <gasps> interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I thought Vanderbeek was Canadian. He's from our, our neck of the woods. So, yeah, he. Was in Dawson's Creek. He was the main character, the title character, um, who was this, like, pretentious f- wannabe filmmaker. He loves yeah. Spielberg, right? Loved Spielberg, yeah. I didn't watch Dawson's Creek until I was an adult, and I was like, Dawson's a fucking piss baby. He's so pretentious. Yeah. And just, like, such a crybaby about everything. So um, he's definitely... Come a long way, and he doesn't take himself too seriously, Mm-mm. which is great. Like when he was on "Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three, he played himself as a pretentious actor, which was just chef's kiss—so freaking good.
0: Yeah, I like when I want to. He's not like a washed-up actor, but he—he he doesn't really get a lot of regular work now. Yeah, um, whatever you would call that. But I love when when you have like a good humor about who you were and like the expectation of what you should be like now and
1: Yeah. I really mean he's kind of like that. a child/teen slash actor. Yeah. A lot I think he's like
0: 22. He like he's born in 77. Oh wow. So he's playing his he daughter. Oh, that's true.
1: They all look like they were 40, but it's supposed to be in high school. Yeah. Um so we see him uh the first look we get he's, you know, on a on a beach in a leather jacket like fucking Danny Zuko with the hard rock shirt. The hard rock shirt. And there's Blonde Robin, totally enthralled with him at 16 years old. Yeah, the T shirts, the Hard Rock Cafe T shirts are such a 90s thing. And so is smelling like Dracar. Yeah. AKA oh. Dracar Noir. We all dated someone who fucking smelled like that. So this episode is honestly so triggering. So I know. Uh, Barney then makes a grease joke. So the Danny Zuko look makes sense. And we get this whole <laughs> series of jokes about their summer of love together. And um, some brilliant ones, like, he's just not that Inuit. I love that. Those came from a lot of the writer's assistants. Good job, assistants. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And Kobe said that a little part of her dies
0: with every Canadian joke.
1: Oh, Kobe. (laughs) (laughs) But it's fine. It's totally fine. That sounds like something a Canadian would say. Mm -hmm. And so we find out that this whole thing only lasted a week and a half because... That's how long summer is in Canada. It's just the last week of July. So the eighties got there late, and summer is summer never long enough. I ha- we have to talk about James Vanderbeek's accent. Mm.
0: He sounds like he's Irish sometimes. It was hard to watch him. Yeah,
1: it's a very I'd listen. I mean, it's a very very thick Canadian accent very much uh deep north i would say he is from the deep north that's true yeah he's red province caitlin okay
0: although colby said that uh, you know robin and colby are both from vancouver Mm. but her friends get a little grouchy when she did this really exaggerated accent because that's
1: that's not not what they sound because
0: it's pretty americanized
1: oh yeah i'm sure (laughs) uh yeah so in this imaginary version of vancouver or wherever they end up filming these videos (laughs) It sounds like, like, almost like Fargo yeah. crossed cross with Ireland. That's true. Yeah. Um. So then we find out how it ended, like how, why she moved away or why she moved on from him if she was so in love with him. And we see Robin schlepping all of his <laughs> equipment, his music equipment back to his yeah. van. So he's in the arts as well. while well, she is a musician too. And, um, yeah, so it's after a gig, and she's the one bringing all of his stuff to the truck like a roadie. And I, Thanks, I literally babe. have in caps, his head is so long. <laughs> it, I can't believe that this, I was all real. That's so crazy. I know. And so fucking Simon waits until she has loaded everything in before he breaks up with her for Louise Marsh.
0: Louise Marsh is a real person. What? Yeah, it's somebody... It was like a, a friend of somebody's, like, sister or somebody like that. Like Courtney oh. had said, it was like her oh. friend's sister. Oh her my sister-in-law God. loved the show, wanted to get on it somehow. That's a
1: whore's name if I ever heard one. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. it. Oh, I love all the little inside jokes. hmm So we find out, though, that Louise's Marsh, Louise Marsh's folks... Just put in a pool. And. Which, I mean, Canada, pool. Whatever, Simon. Seems like a stupid reason. If it's only open for a week and a half. I mean, but she's, you know, Robin only has a sprinkler. sprinkler. Run right through it. Run right through it. (laughs) So, he just totally crushed her. Like, completely crushed her. She was obviously, I mean. Robin does a great job, or Kobe Smulders does a great job in this episode, being the two kinds of people that yeah. she has been in her life. So she, you see how, like, open and and uh, sort of loving and and ready to just faceplant in the name of love. She was at sixteen, mm-hmm. and how much that's changed. And so we see just how how sad this made her. And the gang is wondering why she even wants to see him after she he did that to her but Lily knows Mm -hmm. looking the way she does she wants to fucking win and Ted says there's a clear winner and clear loser anytime you meet up with someone after a while what do you think about this oh it's so true yeah it's very true but here's my thing does anybody ever think they're the loser or do they rationalize how much they're like they weigh the scales differently Cause I, I mean, I feel feel like like we've talked about this before. Well, yeah, because winning a breakup, right, with Robin and Ted. Yeah, yeah. Because like, mm, I feel like I've won just about all of my breakups, but they would not agree with me. I don't think. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I would agree with you though. (laughs) You definitely won. No shit, dude. God. And Um, I don't. Yeah,
0: I. So my freshman year, when my boyfriend broke up with me and totally, like, broke my heart and then moved on very quickly, I did not feel like I won. Yeah. but you, But you
1: did. Well, eventually. eventually. Like grant, Like, I didn't win that battle, but I won the fucking war. And that's what matters most, kids. <laughs> that's what matters most. But the other thing is, would you ever go to so much trouble to win against somebody, especially someone that you had been with? No, not unless I wanted them back. See, that's the thing. And, I mean, she obviously does, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Or maybe at this point she doesn't know she does, but the feelings clearly did not go away.
0: Yeah, like, she wants... I think she wants
1: him to feel the way she did. She wants a role reversal. Yes. Oof, poor Robin. But, like, I remember there were times when I knew I was going to see somebody after a while that I had been with, and I was like... Should I, like, get dressed up? I was like, this feels very immature. And also, I don't want to open that door even a fucking crack. Do you know what I mean? I don't yeah. want it to look like I'm trying. So I will show up in fucking sweatpants without my hair done. Do you know but what I mean? But that's
0: also winning because you don't even fucking care. Because I don't care,
1: and I don't want to care, and I don't want that anywhere near and that, me ever again. I remember
0: again. reading something like that, like... You know, after like a breakup, like hate isn't the opposite of love because it's still a really strong emotion. Apathy is like Apathy, not caring yeah. is how you know that mm-hmm. you've moved
1: on. Or full aversion, just like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-hmm. I don't want that. So yeah, all right, well, seems like we agree on things as usual. Yes, yeah, <laughs> So then we find out more about Simon and just how much Robin is kicking his ass on the scoreboard here. He lives with his mother still. Oof. Uh, he never became a rock star, while well, Robin totally did. Yeah. But the whole time she's acting like his band is the coolest thing. It's like, hello, bitch. Let's go you to the were. mall. Yeah. He was in your video. He was in. He your... never went anywhere. But then she's like, you starred in my video bitch. Oh my god, women. We'll get to it. We'll get Ugh. to it. So, um, yeah. So he never became a rock star, and he works at a a wave poolless water park outside he of almost Ottawa. almost got the point. Almost. But it's no wave pool. I fucking love a wave pool, but they're also so disgusting. Yeah,
0: water parks in general are disgusting. But you
1: just got to you just got to let like, keep your mouth sh- and eyeballs shut and just have a great day. That's just what it has to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you even go to water parks? I feel like you're too germaphobic.
0: No, not anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're um not anymore. So Robin's like, oh yeah. Have you ever seen what they pull out of those drains? Ew, no. Please, God, no. Okay, I don't want to know. I mean, I haven't been to one in like
0: things that have been inside people's bodies.
1: What does that mean? Like tampons,
0: bitch. Oh no, God. Yeah, so you're basically like in menstrual tea.
1: Don't ever say that. The Tampons, the tea bag. Don't ever say that to me again, bitch. I fucking know you're disgusting tamp menstrual tea everybody oh I feel sick anyway sorry in walks Simon and we hear the first string, first strains of sandcastles in the sand which is almost the only music throughout this whole episode it's kind of just like in the background and used in different ways um, and he looks fucking rough guys he looks real rough. There's no other way to say it. He's he's balding and very scruffy and just seems unkempt. In addition to being bald and fatter than he was, mm-hmm. it's like a sloppy situation. Because yeah, he looks sloppy. You know what that's I mean? perfect. Could have shaved. Could have like put together a nice look. But no, he looks like shit.
0: He could have put a little bit of effort into
1: it, like Robin did. Right, but and this is just like yeah. This is just classic, right? It's like the woman is putting in all this fucking effort for a guy who shouldn't even be able to lick her boots. Jesus Christ. So um, there's a clear winner and everyone knows it except Robin. Robin, who is just still undone by him for some unknown reason. Well, we'll find out later why.
0: Uh, fun fact, Greg Malins, uh, another one of the writers, also producer from Friends, wrote Swarly, Something Borrowed. He worked at a water park. That's where that came from. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah. Very cool.
0: Back at the apartment, Robin is rehashing the evening with everybody. And Robin's so defensive. Um, you know, it didn't go as planned. And, I mean, really, can you blame her? He is so hot. But <laughs> And her memory is definitely, like, tinted with some rose-colored glasses, and what she saw is not what everyone else is seeing. hmm Just, like, remind me of um, Spoiler Alert with Ted and Kathy. Yeah. Yep.
1: You know? But for it.
0: Robin, this was a little bit different, because it was more about, like, her youth and things like that. Mm. Yeah, those are
1: some much stronger goggles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And she's got a very different interpretation. So... You know Simon thinks that four dollars for a beer is expensive, so he brings his own, and that makes him not a snob.
1: Is it? You know, was it he's a Molson? Country.
0: I think so. Molson or Lobat. No, it was a Oh my Labatt's, god! Yeah. Out of his
1: fucking cargo
0: pockets. Yeah, he's packing. Oh my god! And you know that's when we hear these from the deep north. You know, maple leaf on the back of the pickup.
1: Yeah. Which, if you're not from America, they're making fun of Southern Americans. Southerners with the Confederate flags yeah. and. American flags. Red and, state, deep south. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole it's a whole thing which is ruining our entire country right now. But anyway, <sighs> moving on. <laughs> but we get to see
0: from her friends' perspectives all of the opportunities they had given her to really shine. Mm-hmm. Um you know, they point out that she's basically a celebrity in New York, and she's got this great career. And Celebrity she, is pushing it. Celebrity, uh,
1: yeah. you know, they did a good, they did a nice job. Somewhat of a celebrity. But Metro News 1's kind of a joke. We know that, but Simon does not. She's not exactly like a celebrity,
0: but she has been recognized in public. That's true. That's very true. You know? And she had a somewhat successful music career mm-hmm. in that she was known. She had gone on tour, whereas... He is still, you know, four or five gigs away from making it big. Like, what do you say? The um, crash test dummies, right?
1: Yeah, a Canadian, basically one-hit wonder.
0: Yeah, they had two hits. One, really, that was known in the U.S., but other than that, Mm -hmm. they were not popular. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it, it doesn't matter what they say because every opportunity they give Robin to shine she turns it into how great Simon is like her job's not that great like Simon's shirt like come on girl she's like making herself small mm-hmm. she's blowing out her candle so he can shine brighter
1: Ooh, good Chris always tells me not to do this I love so that I
0: out my candle so someone else's can shine brighter Aww. but that's what
1: she does yep and he loves it I mean he is James Vanderbeek is so freaking good in this role like the, the The arrogance he has, the ability... You know, he does not feel insecure in this room full of clearly more educated, wealthier people. He saves lives. He saves... He literally saves lives. And eventually,
0: like, if you're bad at what
1: he does, then
0: Robin can just talk about it on the news, but he's out there living it. Living it every day.
1: Go. 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 I want to see... Our listeners do the Simon. Ooh, go, cool. go! Cool. We'll do it on Instagram, it. on the stories. I love it. You need send me one of them, and I'll post. I'll post us doing it.
0: You know, I thought it was really interesting when Robin talks about how she let her music career fall apart, and he has kept the band going. The foreskins are still together. The fucking foreskins. That name is from Courtney King husband's band when he was in fifth grade he played the guitar what
1: that's so mm-hmm. cute oh my god little boy i remember
0: right courtney Kang, her wedding was mm-hmm. robin's fake wedding yeah so i love all the things she kind of like inserts from her real life Aww. she does great robin episodes Mm-hmm. love it yeah um You know, and I love how Ted asks how he came up with the name The Foreskins and the guy, and Simon looks at him like, Are you serious? Like, uh, because there's four of us and we play without shirts on.
1: Mm hmm. Duh. And Robin's face, whenever Simon like serves one of them, she's she's like, like, Yeah, "Yeah, you got it. Like, I
0: love Simon looks at her and he's like, Babe, seriously? She's like, Oh my God, I know, I'm so sorry. Bad. 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 Um, But I love that we get this, like, really nice segue from, you know, talking about how she threw away her music career. And Barney points out, like, that was when we learned the best, the best news ever. Like, it was the best part of the evening. Mm -hmm. So we find out how Simon and Robin met. And it was on the set of her music video. And, guys, we've seen, let's go to the Mall a million times. Oh, yeah. There's no Simon. No Simon to be found. No Simon at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he wasn't in that music video. He was in a second music video.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was a follow-up to her first hit, Sand Castles in the Sand. Mr. Teen Winnipeg oh. got a spot in the video. They all the want to get a piece of the moneymaker. Oh, gosh. Right so it, it wasn't even like he was... Um, the counterpart to her. Right, success-wise at all. Yeah, no. he, it, he was just somebody who like won a contest and was put in the video. He wasn't a successful music artist nope. making a cameo. Nope. He was literally nobody riding on Robin's coattails, and everybody sees it but Except her. for
1: Robin, yep.
0: And he's still yeah. doing it, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Oh, vey. We'll get there. Um, so, you know, I love that we see, as soon as Barney realizes there's another video he like just bolts from the bar (laughs) yeah he has to find it um and robin won't share it with him and he you know tells her about how he's going to spend days you know going down this black hole of search engines and overseas phone calls and just give him the video but she won't no
1: she's like fine go ahead i don't give a shit yeah
0: i don't care (laughs) i don't give a shit i'm not giving it to you but robin you know comments that she really can't help the way she feels about simon um, and she feels like he's six she feels like she's sixteen when she's around him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Marshall and Ted point out that's actually a pretty common condition called revertigo.
1: Well, Marshall does not agree with that term. it seems like it's been something they've argued over, maybe their whole friendship.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that was something that was funny. That's what Craig said, that Ted hates revertigo and there's some sort of unexplained backstory reminding me of the Fiero Asco mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the the 100k fiasco. Yep. But yeah, so this is really more common than you think and it's not just Robin. Lily also suffers from mm-hmm. revertigo mm-hmm. when she's around her high school buddy Michelle. Yeah. How about you? Do you suffer from re- revertigo? I
1: was thinking about this and I was like, are Caitlin and I just in a perpetual state of revertigo? Yes, because I feel like whenever we're together, we're so obnoxious that everyone just kind of backs out of the room. Specifically, our yeah, loved ones—they're just like, "Okay, I guess I'm not talking at all for the next ten hours, however long we're here." Yeah, <laughs> you know. I was like, "Yeah, I, I think that's probably the best one because I don't—I'm not friends with a ton of people from from my growing up times, so I don't. Me think either, I do. and I don't. But I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm a little kid." No. When I'm around you, I don't feel like I'm 16. But all of our jokes go back deep. Yeah. You know, there are some pretty deep jokes. Yeah. Maybe, like, around family. I think everyone sort of reverts a little bit. Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking of my
0: family vacation and
1: me feeling like I was 8.
0: Right. As, you know, Ted and Marshall and Barney are talking about Lily's friend Michelle and Revertigo, Robin's just kind of sitting there looking really sad and... She just goes, well, I guess you don't get a second chance. And I felt so sad. Except then there's a smash cut to her saying that she gets another, another chance. So she does get that second chance with Simon.
1: Yep. He shows up at her apartment the next day. And all of a sudden, he's like, there's some unfinished business between us. And breaking up was the biggest mistake I made in my entire life. And he wants to take her on a date. Now I think he did this because he learned that she was a newscaster, and knew, saw it as an in for his fucking mixtape. Oh yeah. Okay, that's uh, I hadn't thought of that before, but now I'm like, oh, this freaking grifter using he her saw connections. An yeah, exactly. I
0: figured he maybe needed a place to sleep that night. Right, right. Something, something was going on. He wanted something out of
1: the... for sure. Yeah. So. Robin says yes. Everyone thinks that she's going to, like, totally humiliate him, basically, the way that, I guess, she was originally going to do. But, nope, she accepts. And Lily says she doesn't understand, like, why this is happening and that he doesn't deserve another chance. And Robin says that it's ancient history. Like, what happened between us? We were both kids and none of us are the same person as we were when we were in high school. And she asks... Thank God. Right, amen. And so she asks Lily if she's the same person and cue Michelle. Oh my fucking God. Oh my God. <laughs> this fucking shit is insane. So Lily sees her before anybody, and and this happens twice in the episode where Lily's speech changes before you know Why? <laughs> Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, hell no. (laughs) And so she gets up and she and Michelle, who happens to be black, slip into a very extreme and specific version of what is now known as African-American Vernacular English or AAVE. It's extremely 90s, like very, very, very 90s to the point where, I mean, it's pretty obvious neither of them actually talk like that at all. Yeah. Um, but if you didn't know, you might think, "Oh, maybe Michelle does." But thank God they did not make. They made. They added a second layer to that joke, which is thank God. Thank God, which right? makes it better. Yeah, because because it could have went really. Yeah. Because here we have Lily, who doggy trying <laughs> watching Alison Hannigan say, "You got to get your drink on up in here," without irony. It is hurts.
0: tough to watch. It's like me trying to do those kinds of things. I can't, and I know my limitations. Yeah, and everyone else loves it because it's so ridiculous. It hurts. It's it hurts. Tough. Fun fact, so Michelle is played by Ryan Michelle Bath, Bathe. It's B-A-T-H-E. I'm assuming Bathe. Mm-hmm. Um And she's married to Sterling K. Brown. Oh, wow. Yeah, they met at Stanford interesting they have like a really Columbia, cute little huh? love story oh yeah that's so nice yeah she said she saw him audition and thought that if he could do that at 17 what will he be capable when he capable of when he is a grown man
1: oh that's so yeah. sweet isn't that
0: sweet little loves um, yes yeah, so they've been together for ever
1: oh my gosh yeah
0: a long long time
1: yeah that's so awesome yeah fun little fact. Yeah. So I also don't know when exactly Lily went goth and stopped being (laughs) friends with Michelle because like the thing about high school is it's very siloed, right? Like Mm -hmm. the people like Lily and Michelle don't usually hang out with people like Lily and Scooter, usually. Very different crowds. So I was like, when... Did that switch happen? But all th- at the same time, people cycle through personalities in high school. So it's completely reasonable that at the end of high school, she was this goth chick that maybe freshman, sophomore year, she was not. So it's
0: th- that's interesting that you bring that up because I made friends at orientation with this kid named Andrew who... All through high school, because we were in orientation group with someone he went to high school with. Mm -hmm. All through high school was, like, big into, like, the rap and hip-hop scene. And he was, like, 5'2", lightweight wrestler, white. White guy, yeah. Yeah, tiny. Loved it. Basically Eminem. Yeah. Graduates and then got really into the punk scene. And over the summer... And by the time he got to orientation, he had, like, his lip pierced and, like, totally different look. And this other kid, Billy, was like, you are not the same. He's like, yeah, this is my new look. So he had changed, like, that quick. It does happen. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I didn't like it. And that's not who I want
1: to be. And I'm trying this. I was like, okay. College is the chance for a clean start, you know? Yeah. Try something new. Exactly, And, of course, Barney is amazed because he and Robin haven't seen it. Robin doesn't have really much of a reaction. I think she's, like, off in her own mm-hmm. world. But Barney likes it so much. He wants Michelle around more, and maybe he won't even seduce her. A beat. And then Barney says he wants to seduce Michelle. It's like, I've decided to seduce Michelle, <laughs> and he looks, like, proud of himself. He's so ridiculous. But he should have because she's clearly a fucking catch. Oh, my God. Columbia, hello. Whatever, she Please. knows better. She knows better than fucking Barney, although. Yeah, she knows. behavioral psychology? With... She would, have she would a, just play with him. She would have a field day with Barney. Yeah.
0: Meanwhile, we have a very enthusiastic Robin watching the Foreskins practice, and you might think that the band looks familiar, and if you're thinking that, it's true. They are the same band members from Let's Go to the Mall.
1: <gasps> cool! Wow. So
0: they said Carl McLaren, who McLaren's is named after, and Carl it was, I think, on the drums. Oh, wow. There's some guy named Dave, someone, Jamie, the guitarist. I think he was not in the band anymore. I don't remember. Oh, wow.
1: But that was the mm-hmm. same band. I thought you were going to say the Solids and I almost lost my shit. I know. I, I like, realized but that. I was just plays like, plays the drums. That would have been uh, too good. Well, we already saw them as EMTs. They couldn't be in there again, but true whatever before you go further i need to talk about this whole concept of boys or girls watching boys do things okay um because i don't know about you but that was a huge part of my high school experience was like watching my boyfriends do shit i they never watched shit i did um so when i was in high school my boyfriends i had to watch them skateboard and be in video games be in the marching band and and also video games Yours was video games. Baseball. Baseball and video games, right? A lot of
0: baseball, though. A lot. Like, traveling around the country watching baseball. Oh, God. That sounds like a nightmare. But, like, no, it wasn't because other girlfriends were there, and so we would hang out. So it wasn't just... I know, but why aren't their boyfriends all hanging out of fucking girlfriend's stuff? You know? Oh, I know. I, I'm not saying that that's right. But I didn't... On, I didn't not enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Oh, you love it in the moment. I still I still love watching Chris play video games. But think about how I grew up. Was I allowed to touch her controller? That's true. That's true. Very true. No. So that's how I enjoy video games. I enjoy them by watching. Mm. They stress me out to play.
1: You should watch on YouTube. But I love following the story. Yeah, oh totally. Um well yeah. there's this uh, <laughs> this writer Claire Vay Watkins wrote an entire essay about girls like teenage girls watching boys do stuff. And so I just want to read a a paragraph. I do feel a little
0: triggered though. Yeah.
1: Right. All right. So this is what it says. As a young woman, I had one and only one intense and ceaseless pastime, though. That's not the right word, though. Neither is hobby or passion. I have practiced this activity with religious devotion and for longer than I can remember. I have been trying to give it up recently since moving away since around the time my daughter was born. But nearly all of my life has been arranged around this activity. I've filled my days doing this, spent all my free time, and a great amount of time that was not free doing it. Ooh-hoo. That hobby, that interest, that passion was this, watching boys do stuff. <sighs> I've watched boys play the drums, guitar, sing, watch them play football, baseball, soccer, pool, Dungeons and Dragons, and Magic the Gathering. I've watched them golf. Just the other day, I watched them play a kind of sweaty book nerd version of basketball. And it just goes on and on and on and on about all the shit that she's watched them do. And then it goes into like watching male authors because she's a writer too. Mm. Um, so I never realized oh, fuck. What, a, what a thing it is. To just sort of be, like, a fixture in a boyfriend's life, specifically in high school, and just be, like, the one holding the camera, basically. Um, Yeah. But seeing Robin do this, I immediately thought of this essay, and I was like, holy shit. So um, I'll post this essay on on Twitter for everybody to read. I think Robin Sparkles really needed to read it. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, right? Yeah,
0: that hurts. (laughs) Like, did I enjoy it, or did I just convince myself? Yeah. You didn't have a choice. But I mean, like, the video game through is true, though. Like, I was never allowed
1: to play, so that's how I enjoyed them. Well, but that's, but... A, that's a whole thing now, people watching people play video games, like, on Twitch. But, yeah, and but I think
0: about, I played field hockey. Not well, but I played, but...
1: No one came? Oh, my God! That's crazy. Huh. Plays I was in, yep, field hockey, never. No plays, nothing, but... Watch, videotape me doing a nose grind for, like, fucking hours in your mom's driveway. What a waste of my life. Anyway. As Robin's leaving for the night after
0: she's wasted it, Mm -hmm. we find out that Simon wants her to play his album. Or, you know, just, like, the first three songs on her show. When she corrects him and says that it's not a show, it's the news. literal news, yeah. But go ahead. Yeah, uh-huh. She gets it on the air during a segment about adopting <laughs> puppies, which is really sweet. You know, like, usually get, like, some sort of Sarah McLaughlin type of, right. you know, music. And it was instead
1: Murder Train by the Foreskins. Currently seeking representation. Such a great piece of that.
0: That was delicious, oh, yeah. God. And a bunch of puppies did get adopted, but it was mostly because... They thought Metro News 1 was going to have them <laughs> murdered. God. And it gets pointed out that her revertigo is getting to be an issue. And Lily picks up on that and immediately recognizes um, somebody else in the group who suffers from a vertigo. Mm-hmm. And uh, she quickly points out that Ted, anytime he's around his friend, Adam Punchiorello, a.k.a. Punchy. Punchy. (laughs) It's like he's in high school again. I forgot. This is where
1: we see Punchy for the first time. I was like, oh, yeah. So we see
0: Ted calmly walk over to the door. And then as soon as he opens it, it immediately gets like puffed up, like big testosterone show. Like they're both like posturing. You want to go? I'm already there. And just beating the shit out. And then, yo, ma'am, sorry about your dad.
1: Yeah, it was like a real shock. Like a typical shock. bro. <laughs> oh, so bad, yeah. But that's just as ridiculous as Lily talking like someone she isn't. Yeah. The whole thing is ridiculous. It's so good, though. Oh, high school. Jesus. hmm
0: And Marshall tries to get Robin to steal light. And she just confesses that she really likes him. She really has fun with him. And we get this amazing scene where... Marshall and Lily are basically Robin's parents mm-hmm. and they they know that she has fun. they know that you know she really likes him but they're worried about her And Robin acts like a petulant daughter and Lily you know scolds her and forbids him to see forbids her to see him and Robin is so perfect. Oh yeah or Colby is so so perfect. yeah like a billion um, years ago. Yeah, yeah, like a billion years ago. Like, her face, the tone, Mm -hmm. everything is so spot on. And I love that Ted is just, like, the uh, absent brother kind of just sitting there. Yep. And um, at the end, you know, Robin storms away saying that she's going to go all the way (laughs) with Simon tonight. And I love Lily looks over at Marshall and says, you know, thanks for the help. Mm -hmm. And there's a B, and then Ted, and I I point this out because Courtney says she fought for this take to stay in every time. Ted starts to talk about something happened in his day, and Marshall just screams, not now, Ted. (laughs) It's so good. Why would
1: they cut that? That Courtney King says she fought for it every single time. Because that is, like, just, like, the perfect dad thing to do, right? Like, just absorbing all of this bullshit from the mom who's, like humiliating him just like thanks for yeah. nothing asshole yeah and then he just turns around <laughs> and snaps on the other chain kid. of screaming the chain of screaming man in effect <laughs> we also need to talk about robin's shirt her tank top here with the, the pink flowers oh, i mean this is like yeah this is one of the himian him outfits that's burned into my brain obviously because of what happens while she's wearing this yeah. but like oh it just is so like dainty and delicate and like, it is beautiful color and the flowers are so pretty I loved her looks the entire episode. looks great. Well, it's another jewel tone, you know? Yes. You're right. She's like that box of bold Crayola markers. The best, (laughs) the best colors. I love it. I love it. So we get a little deja vu, and because of the deja vu, that device, we already know what's going to happen. We see Robin rolling up with the the amps and the guitars and everything to the same van. It's the exact same shot again, right? Like we pan over the, the van and then we see Robin and it's like, no way. It's like in slow motion we know what's coming but we can't save her from it. And Simon's so excited about the performance so then maybe we think, maybe he's changed. Like maybe he now sees that Robin is the secret sauce here. And he doesn't, you know, he wants to do this with her instead of trying to do it without her. Mm -hmm. But, no. He's getting back together with fucking Louise Marsh. And Robin is in complete disbelief that this is happening to her again. But, I mean, her folks did just put in a jacuzzi. so I
0: love, uh, the whole time his face, I thought he was going to (laughs) break. Yeah. And just
1: start laughing. Yeah. But he's like he made it through it's so good he crushed it Mm -hmm. so i mean you don't need to see anything more right you know we know how this ends and back at the bar robin's deflated but she's trying to seem like she's okay and we hear we hear lily and this is the second time where we hear her talking differently (laughs) and we're not sure why she says someone's a dog (laughs) <laughs> you feel Michelle and she it pulls out and this is one of my favorite little lines of maybe like the whole show is Michelle just going he's scrub yeah <laughs> her whole face does it like it's just like so good he It is delicious he a scrub I just fucking love it and she's so right and um Lily gets up from the table. And Michelle immediately turns that off. And I... It's not code switching, because Lily is not a black person. Like, no. it's it's just for Vertigo, and now we know for sure it's something that both of them started doing, and it has nothing to do with the way that either of them actually talk.
0: It's probably... I wonder if they both expect that of the other. Like, she's going to think, I'm still this person, yeah. and I want to...
1: I think that's what vertigo is, right? Like, Because yeah. you could just be like, mm, let's not do this anymore. But there's a comfort to it, right? Yeah. And I think it's like Robin, she wanted to access that piece of her again. And so mm. it's a way for them to still do that. And so um, Michelle says that she's actually getting a PhD in behavioral psychology. And so this is that second layer to the joke that actually makes it funny she has the actual name for this revertigo that we've been hearing so much about from Marshall and it's associative regression. And she starts to talk a little bit about it, but we already know what it is, right? We know what Mm -hmm. is going on, but she doesn't have enough time before. I'm pretty sure it's two live crew comes on hey y'all editing kate here just want to jump in and say i totally misspoke that's actually the 69 boys and their song daisy dukes which was also on the same cd as some two live crew that i had okay back to the episode yeah off of a cd i had from strawberries called booty mix (laughs) <laughs> so that, I was like, oh, my God, this sounds like high school. Like, this is yeah. this is my soul, you know? Because my friend and I would drive around in my minivan listening to Booty Mix 1 and 2. Um, so they get up and start dancing, and then one by one, everybody leaves, and Robin is left drinking by herself, and she's just so... Dejected by this specific breakup, and it's still, we're still wondering why, right? And in slides Barney while she's crying, and he tells her that, you know, he's been looking nonstop for this second Robin Sparkles video, but and then notices that she's upset. And he's so sweet. He's so sweet. He first starts to laugh a little bit about the Simon thing, but then when he sees she's really crying, I mean, all of that Barney just falls he off.
0: Goes, oh. Yeah.
1: It's so sweet. And so he slides in next to her and she talks about why she liked him so much.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: because when she was young, she was actually vulnerable and open to things. And we know that Robin has a real problem with vulnerability and letting herself get into something. And maybe Simon's a little piece of why. And so she says there's also, you know, she wanted to be 16 again and feel that way again Mm -hmm. and feel all of those possibilities ahead of her before she spent them all. And I totally get that. But I mean, Barney kind of gets to it later by saying that, you know, you were actually pretty lame. Mm-hmm. But really, it's about, when you look back, you just remember youth and, like, the possibility, but you forget how unformed you were as a person, uh. you know, and, like, what hell that actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, like, everything was so tumultuous and extreme, and, I mean, maybe that's just me. I was a very emotional person, but it didn't feel good to, like, not know who I was and to cling to people for my identity, you know? and Right. um you're just insecure and in hell. Most, most people, you know, when you're in high school. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's human to want to do over, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. you make all these choices that send you down one path and there's a point where you can't, there's no time to do it again. So it all makes sense. Simon has stood for something a lot bigger than him and that created this huge blind spot. And yeah, um, Barney's charm is really coming through and, He's being really sweet and talking about how awesome she is now, like the most awesome person he's ever met. And while he while she's talking, he's looking at her with like so much Mm, love and tenderness is really sweet. So then we get a little will they won't they what's going on moment where she asks him to come back to her place and she whispers in his ear the way that he whispered in hers Mm -hmm. during the bracket at the bar and he looks really excited. So they're sitting on the couch together. You think, maybe they're going to have sex. But no. Turns out, he's just going to put it in. A.K.A. (laughs) The tape of Robin Sparkles 2. A.K.A. The music video of Sandcastles in the Sand. And I think right now, before we talk about our breakdown, about this amazing work of art that is Sandcastles in the Sand... I think that we should cut to our interview with Alec Lev and all of the fantastic information he gave us about this this piece. Perfect. So, no better time. Yeah, enjoy, guys. So, Alec,
0: this interview is going to go live with our sandcastles in the sand episode and yeah. behind the scenes documentary about this episode. What was that like? And what do you remember the most about it? Even though your memory is terrible.
2: Yeah. No. So that one, I remember pretty, pretty well. And as I was rewatching the episode today, I was like, okay, I, these things exist in my head. They just need to be jogged. Um, it was, it was fantastic. I mean, we, we got out to, I think, I think it's Zuma beach in um, near Malibu, super, super early in the morning and shot for, I don't know, 12, 13 hours, uh, until just past sundown. um, and Alan Thick was there, and Tiffany was there. Oh, my and, God, that's right. Um, James Vanderbeek was there. And,
1: and it was sort of like a, a full-scale music video production.
2: Full, full, absolutely, full-scale production. Wow. Um, it's like shooting Hollywood, it, for, from my limited experience, it's kind of absolutely is what it seems like it is. It's absolutely Feast or Famine. Yeah you know, months, years go by where I'm not involved in anything at all. But then when you are involved, it's pretty much as cool as you think it is. (laughs) Um, Everything is very well catered and (laughs) you're very well taken care of. And everyone on the podcast, on the, on the Himian podcast says this, but it's like Pam, Pam, uh, Pam Priman was interviewed in like the second or third podcast. And I remember, I don't, I I remember I re-listened to it. And what she, and what she said was, I think she said the number one thing she wants to do is make sure everyone is having a good time. And that is not what every director will tell you is the most important thing to do on set, stick to a schedule, get the story they want, whatever it is. But that, um, that filtered down from her, from Craig, from Carter, it really was a freakishly positive atmosphere almost at all times wow. and add to that. Now we're just on the beach all day shooting a music with video Alan and with Alan thick. And so a memorable experience uh-huh. uh, within that was you can see, you can't see this in the show, but you could see this if you find the full music video. And I think in the behind the scenes, I show this with the bleeps. There's uh, Alan Thick is yelling at her for, you know, going out with boys or whatever it is that he was yelling at her for. But what he was actually saying was absolutely. Oh funny.
1: my God.
2: Just every other word, just. <laughs> wow. vile And hysterical. And so I think, I think the behind the scenes, we, we kept a little of that in and, and bleeped where it needs to be, or maybe <laughs> that's in my head. And I just have that, that B-roll somewhere oh. and no one will ever oh. see that. But that was particularly memorable and of course, certainly meeting Tiffany. I'm a child of the 80s, so meeting Tiffany of yeah. course was was very special. That as is well.
1: so cool. Thank you for confirming that the show is as magical as we thought it was. Yeah. Like that Absolutely. that atmosphere. I mean, you can feel it in the actual show that everyone really likes each other and is having a good time. So,
2: wow. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was it's a yeah. it's a job. Right. So at a certain point in the eighth year of doing it, you know, it's a job, you show up and you do your work, but it was always very light. There, was, It wasn't, you weren't filled with tension. No, no one yells, no one oh. yells at anyone, you know, about anything really that I ever saw. Um, and my job didn't require me to be on set all the time, but it also didn't require, there were long stretches where it didn't require anything of me at all. So, hey, let's walk over to set and watch them shoot yeah. a TV show. Oh, that's funny. So what's fun about it is, right, so we they shot with four cameras um, and no audience, right? So we, a lot of the laughing that you hear on the show is, is just us just standing there oh my laughing God. at what was going on in front of the camera. A lot of single camera shows that look like this, you can't do that. I'm working on another, uh, another show right now called Speechless mm. for ABC, and you can't laugh. It While they're shooting, you need to bottle it all up because they can't have that laugh on the audio track. But on How I Met Your Mother, oh, they, wow. just, they just laughed. And That's so was, cool. Yeah. Always fun.
1: Awesome. So Always fun. would you say the atmosphere was the best part of working on the show? Or was there something else that you really loved about it and miss?
2: I love being on the, the softball so- team. The
1: softball what? team.
2: <laughs> there is the television softball what? league. What? And I, you know, I I, I can't, you, you, you can Google it and I'm sure it's there. And I think it's also... Split up between like daytime because we were. I think it was only the sitcoms who played against wow. each other. Um, yeah, and so that was that's awesome. so cool. Um, that's... Very cool. It was mostly the writers um, and, and other and other folks who showed up for that. Um,
1: wow, very very cool. It.
2: it yeah. Yeah. It just. You know, driving. It's like people who talk about working in the White House, you know, every day I walk in and I, you know, I'm just, I'm overtaken by this. Driving onto the 20th Century Fox lot every single time. It's so
1: iconic. I mean, you just know know it right when you see it.
2: Yeah, every, every, you know, you, you you walk in, you come out of the, the the parking lot, and stage 22, where they shot, is right there. So you're, we're the first stage. And if you just kind of turn around, look over your head, there's a gigantic poster of The Sound of Music. And if you just walk a little further to your left, there's a gigantic uh, mural of Luke and, and Vader uh, with their lightsabers. Then look to your right, there's a gigantic uh, Simpsons wow. mural. Wow. And everyone's just there making TV shows and movies. And that,
1: yeah, that is that. It sounds like a dream job to be I sure. I work with children
0: who sometimes sneeze into my open mouth.
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're doing the Lord's work, Caitlin. You're doing the Lord's work.
2: <laughs> oh, most definitely. My my, my wife is yeah. a teacher too, doing the same thing with the same sneezing kids. Is, and it's, that's that's work. This is not <laughs>
1: <laughs> this
2: here was not work wow. this, was, this was pure Oof, fun
1: yeah um, so with Sandcastles in the Sand do you have a legendary moment from the actual episode
2: well you know as I sat down to watch I was I had my today you wanted me to find one of these and I had my laptop up and I was ready to like take some notes and I'm watching and I'm watching and I'm like you know, it's, it's okay. It's fun that Kobe Rob uh, that that she, Robin's got another one of these videos, and uh, it's like uh, nothing like that. Oh, okay, <laughs> right. Robin and Barney kiss. That seems like yeah. yes. that seems like a pretty easy one. So I, I I don't know the rules, but it certainly feels like the behind the scenes is Alan Thick cursing <laughs> like a sailor the in front of the camera on air has to of course be
1: beautiful perfect I mean that's I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of that because what a moment that was wow
0: yeah (laughs) um so Alec you mentioned you were working on speechless um are you working on anything else and where can our listeners find whatever project you've got going on
2: So I have a couple of things up right now. I am, I am the vice president of the International Buster <laughs> Keaton Society. Sorry, girls, he's taken. Uh, but uh, So you can certainly go to BusterKeaton.org, and if you are not familiar with Buster Keaton's work, I invite you to become so very quickly. Uh, I believe Jason Siegel actually once did a... I think I'm getting this right? A Vanity Fair spread where he dressed like that Buster familiar. Keaton. So yeah. Google that, <laughs> and either tell me that I'm wrong or enjoy it. Um, on iTunes and everywhere you can find the uh, Talking Buster Keaton, which was a 20 episode podcast I did about Buster Keaton, and Speechless uh, on uh, ABC Friday nights is also made by Fox. So so people might not know How I Met Your Mother was made produced by and at 20th Century Fox for CBS. And then once the run of the show is over, everything reverts to 20th Century Fox. So CBS now has nothing to do with the show. It's all Fox. Um, So too with Speechless. So Speechless is made by 20th Century Fox, but it airs on ABC. And as we were... Begging, and we didn't have to do too much begging at all. They were very open to it. As we were asking to have the Himium podcast uh, put back on iTunes, one of the people at Fox in the email chain, who I had crossed paths with back in the Himium days, she wrote to me separately asking me all these questions about how to produce a podcast. And uh, can you hear the dinging that's no. happening in my ears? Okay, there's a, there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a ringing happening in my ears. <gasps> I'm being texted by my partner in the speechless podcast right now. Showbiz in going. action. Um, so <laughs> so um, this woman contacted me separately from the Hemium stuff and started asking me these questions about what it takes to create a podcast. And she's asking all these things. And I'm thinking I should probably ask her a question or two. Namely, are you going to make a new podcast for something? Right. That, can I do it for you? And and she said, oh, okay. Um, and so Zach Anner is a writer on speechless. He's a hysterical guy, YouTuber, comedian, um, amazing writer has a great book, uh, which is called if at birth, you don't succeed. He had an, he had an Oprah show. Um, he has cerebral palsy and he, um, talks his, his comedy, his writing, his work. Is very much the intersection of comedy and disability. And so is this show. And Speechless found him and hired him in the late in the first season because Speechless is about a, a family whose older son happens to have CP. And so Zach's been writing for the show and he's he's fantastic. Check him out on YouTube. And he decided he wanted to do a podcast related to the show in the in the same way we did the himian one. So they asked me if I would produce that. So we now have the Speechless Podcast with Zach Anner. And you can find that we just released our well, by the time you're hearing this, most well, most of the episodes will probably be up. Um the show is in its third season and we're wow. just starting the podcast now. And we're also interviewing all the guests. The show stars Minnie Driver and 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 other other great stars. So um you'll be able to hear all of them on the speechless so podcast exciting. with Zach Anner.
1: Anything else you'd like yeah. to tell us before you go?
2: I'm trying to think of any other "How I Met Your Mother" goodies. I mean, I don't, you know, my office was very, very far away mm. from the action, or or a floor a floor beneath the action. But I definitely was was there for quite a bit of it. Um, I'm trying to quickly think of anything else to offer. Any other little tiny questions you might have about just how things mm. worked? Cause I'm yeah I'm here. Um, well, I did I have a question stuff. in there, but
1: I, you might have already answered it mostly. But um, just what was it like working with Carter and, and Craig? I mean, we heard a little bit about working with Pam and how how awesome she makes the set. But was there anything that you loved most yeah. about them? I mean, they're your friends too.
2: They are my friends, and uh, they're they're fantastic. I mean. You, what, what the way Craig described it was like, I mean, he had written on several shows before this. He was, a, a, they were both writers on, I mean, they together wrote on Letterman and they wrote on a bunch of shows before this. And then all of a sudden he's like, and then all of a sudden I ran a business of 150 <laughs> people or however many people yeah. work on the show. Like that wasn't something he had done before then. And they really did it. The first season, they had someone working with them to run the show, and then I can't remember when that that person left. Um, But their their skills at storytelling and writing um, just translated from the way I could see it pretty seamlessly Mm -hmm. to running this machine along with... So what happens is on a show, you have the sort of creative side that Craig and Carter were the showrunners. They were the first and last word on everything, right? Nothing gets on air without... Mm -hmm. The approval of one of them and then there's the um the running of the mechanism of the beast of the show which is done by someone called the unit production manager her name was Susie greenberg and she also oh, nice. ran seinfeld for years and so she's the one with the spreadsheets and she is is handling the financial side of everything making sure things appear on set when they need to appear on set um, and between all of them she's also mm-hmm. among nicest humans on the earth. Um, and so between all of them and Pam, most shows don't have just one director. This show had one director and then I think uh, uh, maybe three or four other episodes were directed by other people. Yeah. And not in a the lot at all. One, yeah. One or two times. Yeah. But so between the four of them, Craig Carter, Pam and Susie, you just had the sweetest, smartest, funniest people running this, this, this machine and uh, kind of a kind of a pleasure. Right, I just thought of a weird times.
1: question. <laughs> who would win in a fight, Carter or Craig? Oh, <laughs> oh man,
2: alive! What, it's just hand to hand combat, no
1: weapons, street fight. <laughs> <laughs> wow,
2: I uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. Okay, the fifth. I don't all remember. right, that's probably smart.
1: That's probably I, I, smart. I'll we'll take fifth, it. <laughs> um yeah. wow thank you alec so much this was incredible i we really really appreciate you sitting down with us today
2: absolutely anytime i know you've got another oh, yes you've got many more seasons to go and if more more questions come up don't hesitate to no. either tweet me or Heck yeah thank you me so much anytime. we will
1: most certainly take you up on that but we'll not abuse the privilege <laughs> um all right everybody so problem. be sure to listen to private joke salute and also the brand new speechless podcast with zach anner um <laughs> alec it's been wonderful thank you so <laughs> much all right that's <laughs> it you. oh my god i love alec love so much oh
0: i still can't believe he was so generous with his time what a
1: dream that was I, right I, we got so much cool information about that that whole thing so i know thank you again to alec for sitting with us a long time ago and um yeah telling us all about this incredible yeah, thank you incredible thing so much so so freaking awesome so do you want to start with this freaking video where to begin where really where to begin <laughs> I mean, uh,
0: well, I so on the commentary, they talked about how when they were going to do this video, they did look at a lot of Tiffany videos mm-hmm. and 80s videos to try and replicate.
1: It has all the that. tropes. It has all
0: the tropes. It does. I love... Um, I love... <laughs> How you know she's running on the beach with him and they're holding hands, and all of a sudden he disappears, there's like the jump and, he d- and she like stumbles, and she looks
1: around confused. Ah, the crossfades, the kneeling in the sand, the black and the, white, the, the black and white Tiffany, the globe on the beach,
0: the globe, the random set pieces on the beach, just like the whole like yeah. office with the dad, Ugh. Alan Thick.
1: Oh, Alan Thick. I love how,
0: like, you know, Barney
1: was like. Is that Tiffany? She's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I was a fucking major star. Sadly, though, this big artistic follow-up was a bit of a flop. Yeah. But that happens a lot. Um, Speaking of Alan Thicke, I forgot that he died. Yeah. Did you know who gave the eulogy at his fucking funeral? Probably
0: someone amazing.
1: Bob Saget. Bob Saget, full circle, full circle, the narrator of this show, future Ted did the eulogy at Alan Thicke's fucking funeral. Huh. I am so thankful that I watched this episode with Liz today because she was like, oh, Alan Thicke, he's dead. And I was like, no, he's not. She's like, yes, he is. And I looked it up and I found that information. So thanks, Liz. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, Liz. I have a thing where I forget famous people are dead. Same. I got in a full fight with someone on Twitter about George Michael being dead. Why didn't I just Google it when someone said he was? Yeah, I don't know. I was like, no, he's seems like a- fully not dead, okay? And then I was like, oh, my God. I am such oh, an idiot. Oh, a quick Goog. That's all you needed. It's right there. Just open a tab, Kate. Oh. Anyway, oh, my God, the video. First of all, the name of the song, Sandcastles, Sandcastles in the in Sand. Sandcastles in the Sand. Wow, 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 wow. So deep. Trying to be deep so hard. So freaking hard. I love yeah, that but the, the... the sandcastle has a little Canadian flag on it. Mm-hmm. The details in this thing are fucking out of control.
0: The robot is back, of course. Oh, He's you mean exotic. our friend that we met? Yeah. Our buddy? That we got to hang out with, take a picture yeah. with? Yeah, Repost that picture so people don't forget we met
1: him. We met that motherfucking robot. Which is crazy. Yep. Oh my God! The terrible teenage kissing. Oh yeah, you taught, you taught me had a French.
0: Just the lyrics alone, sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. And uh,
1: Alan Thick is Canadian. Yeah, right. So yeah. I love I love when they start pulling in all these different Canadian people as the show grows, yeah. and and I like that Alan Thick is one that I'm going to spoil it. We're going to see him again, and it's great. Yeah. And there's also like, there's this through line in the song about, it kind of feels like this boyfriend was a little bit pressuring her to have sex. Right? He like left yeah. because she wouldn't. Because yeah. she's like, I'm ready. Let's go all the way. It's like been a week and a half, bitch. And then she's like. <gasps> I love it. Yeah. The, the, the writing, who am yeah. I that like jumps out and the. I'm on the pill It was now. the best week and a half of my life. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that through line. It's obviously like this asshole boyfriend, right? He's trying to make her smoke. And then he like mm-hmm. drops a beer bottle. Yeah, crashes the ground. She's looking at it just on her knees with her their hands open. You know, Oh, God, <laughs> it's just so artful. It is in its in its cringiness. You know, with mm-hmm. the eighties and nineties vibes and it was so well done. Like it was,
0: uh, it was so cringy because you knew like it was so well done because those videos were made like genuinely like yes you know
1: No, and it, I think this one took itself more seriously than Let's Go to the Mall did. Like that was clearly
0: Like there's a story there. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So it was like it, you could tell she, she as an artist, she was really trying trying yeah. to move away from the mall pop and and become something deeper and it's like no one no one wants that. No. And of course, the song mirrors her relationship with Simon exactly. Exactly. Which is crazy.
0: Which is crazy. So, like, what came first, the relationship or the song? Because he was in the video,
1: but he, you know. Yeah. it's probably they taped the video, and then it was that week and a half of summer. You know what I mean? That's all you get in Canada. I love when,
0: you know, you get a week and a half. The 80s came
1: late. And then together we were going to travel the globe from... Alberta to Ontario. Ontario. (laughs) And you see like a little like Uh, line. Small little lives they have. Robin starts to see how, how dorky and corny Mm -hmm. she was back then. We find out that she and Barney just kept watching it and watching it. And now you can see Robin watching Barney, watching the video Mm -hmm. and, you see them move a little closer and a little closer. It's very, very subtle. And then they stopped watching. And they just are fucking making out for the gods. Holy and shit. And it's not no bench sitting music video horrible 15-year-old makeout. This is no, the real fucking thing. That's some grown-up shit. I when I first saw this episode, I did not expect that at all. I remember no. being fully shocked that they that they got together yeah and uh, it like made sense immediately but i i really just i didn't see it did not see it at all but since you know obviously we've watched this a million times and now that we're talking about Mm -hmm. it and looking more closely we've been talking about how these pieces have been coming together yeah this entire you could see it happening and unfolding. Really? Since season one. Season. Like since season yeah. one when fucking Battleship like the, che- yeah. the chemistry has been there and it All It doesn't feel like on Friends when Joey mm-hmm. and Rachel get together because it's like yeah that was Well weird. this is the last configuration that makes sense because ew why would Phoebe be with any of these people right? Right. That felt forced. This feels like it's been building mm-hmm. this whole time. Way more natural. They have chemistry yeah. they have compatibility and the timing was right. Mhm. We don't know what's going to happen from this. Is this a one-time thing? I mean, they clearly bang yeah. all the way. What will the fallout be? Of course. Cuz she does go she told Robin and Mar- uh Lily and Marshall she was going to go all the way tonight. So we're going to see what happens between these two if they decide to yeah. take the plunge, which neither of them really enjoy doing, or if they're going to try to act like this never happened, which seems more like them. Yeah, we'll see how either one of those pans out. Can't wait to see how it plays out. Uh, yeah, it'll be exciting. What did you think of this episode, Caitlin? So good. Yeah, it was so good.
0: I love this episode. Zooms by. It was so fun. I love Robin. She uh, Colby Smulders is so amazing. Like watching her cry, mm-hmm. and you know, and talk to Barney and be vulnerable and all of that was—you felt it. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's what she wanted. She missed the vulnerability and. She got there, right? Simon yep. did do that for her. She was able to do it again. And as soon as she opened up, bam, this crazy shit happens.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Excellent episode. So much going on. So well done. Yeah, excellent start to finish. Revertigo, that whole concept is just fucking great. Mm-hmm. Really cut through all the sadness of, of Robin. and but, but even with that, like, Kobe is just so great at, playing, I don't know how to say it, like flawed. It was nice to see her with flaws, right? Yeah. Because she's, yeah. Robin is often very put together, very strong, very self-assured. Sort of one note. Mm-hmm. And so now we're seeing, um, it's more than just like a secret past of like a fun past of being a pop star. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I used to be this awkward, insecure girl who had her mm-hmm. heart crushed and, and watching her navigate that in front of everybody because she fully reverted to that was yeah was awesome so nice job courtney kang and pam freiman what a team let's get into these legendary moments from our listeners like i said we got 14 of them tonight and just remember if you are a member of our patreon you get your email read in its entirety everyone else's get cut for time Mm because yeah this is a lot, y'all, but we love it. We love it so much. Absolutely. Okay, our first legendary moment is from Joanna, and this is her first one. Hello, Joanna. Hi. Welcome.
0: Hi, Joanna. Welcome. Thanks for sending it in.
1: Yes. So, Joanna says uh, this is her my first time emailing you, and I am loving the pod. You guys are amazing. I find you. I found you about one and a half months ago while I was rewatching the series, and I'm currently trying to catch up. Himmium was my thing with my brother, who sadly passed a few years ago. I'm so sorry, Joanna. That's fucking terrible. Um, and I totally get it, because this, this is something that got me through my dad dying. So yeah. we'll get to talking about that. Um, he's, uh, Joanna says, she, he's the one that got me into the show, and now I watch it when I need a good laugh. So many great memories with my brother evolve around the show. Um, and she says, currently get, can't get myself to watch season nine, so I watch Sandcastles in the Sand tonight. All right, so she has three legendary moments. The first one is Lillian Marshall acting like Robin's parents. The next one is Lillian Michelle's revertigo. And the final one is Barney comforting Robin when she tells him Simon broke up with her again, all the way through them finally hooking up. And she says, can't wait to catch up on the pod and continue listening. You guys are legend. Wait for it, Derry. Legendary. Joanna. Thanks, Joanna. Thanks, Joanna. We're so glad you okay. found us. Yeah, thank you
0: and welcome. Yeah. We're happy to have you here. Yeah. Our next legendary moment comes from Lisa who is a patron, which means we are going to read this long ass legendary moment <laughs> in its entirety. Yep. Buckle up. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Hi, ladies. I know we are just wrapping up the Chain of Screaming, but I, like everyone else apparently, need to talk about sand castles and the motherfucking sand already. I have been waiting. (laughs) I absolutely love this episode. It is hands down in my top three. The way I feel about this episode is how Ted feels about Star Wars. I watch it when I'm sick, on rainy Sunday afternoons, in good times, and in bad. This episode never fails to make me feel inside. I absolutely love how Barney and Robin are together. They have undeniable chemistry that is just so magnetic and interesting to watch. Seeing them finally hook up is just so satisfying because it has been building since the beginning. Ugh, I just love them so much. Also, Robin sparkles part two, y'all. I love me some sparkles. Mm -hmm. The music video is just hilariously bad. Barney's referral to Simon as someone you went to Degrassi with is excellent. Mm -hmm. Also, is that Tiffany? So many great callbacks to pop culture, Simon included. Okay, I'm sorry that this email is really long, so let's cut to the chase. My legendary moment is obviously Robin and Barney hooking up. Can't wait to see where this leads.
1: Thanks, Lisa. Yeah, thanks, Lisa. All right, our next one is from Danny, and Danny's legendary moment is Barney and Robin making out on the couch. Hmm. Interesting. Jeff writes,
0: and this one made me laugh out loud as I read it. The breathless, I'm on the pill now, in the music video cracks me up every time. Honorable mention to Simons, then Robin will have something to report on the news. This just in, my friend Ted killed a bunch of kids today.
1: (laughs) Fucking Simon. I love that I'm
0: on the pill now.
1: All right. The next one comes from, I'm assuming you pronounced this Meta, but it might be Mete. Her legendary moment is... And sure enough, there was a clear winner and a clear loser, and the camera turns to James Vanderbeek looking just hilariously awful. Ted continues, It just wasn't clear to everybody. <laughs> Good one. So true. Mm-hmm. Tish, another one of our patrons and
0: one of our almighty high five patrons Woo. who sponsored this lovely episode, yes. writes, Hey ladies, my legendary moment for this episode is the entire cold opening when they are talking about Robin's boobs, but specifically when Barney say, oh, somebody when you went to Degrassi with, I love that show. It had Drake and what's not to love about him. (laughs) Also, it's a good Canadian show. Side note, Robin's note about summer being the last week of July is actually true in my case this year. We've only had like five to seven days in my city over 25 or 77 Uh, Degrees for my American friends. Thank you. P.S. Congrats on 50,000 lessons. Thank you. Also, I love all of my new Hey Beautiful Swag. Regards, Tish. Yay,
1: thank you, Tish. You're the best. So glad you love it. Amen. All right, next up is Derek, who is our 50K giveaway winner. Woohoo! And Congrats. Yay, Derek! And he says, hi, friends. First off, thank you for my new umbrella. Very happy you all have hit 50,000 listens with many, many more to come. My legendary moment for this episode has to be the entire notion of Revertigo, especially Lily. Talk about hilarious and just on the verge of cringeworthy. I can relate to this phenomenon having grown up in the South. If I visit home for too long, I start sounding like Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer (laughs) after 11 natty lights. It's bad. Knuckle up for safety, Derek. (laughs) Thanks, Derek. Abha writes
0: in, When Barney comes to the bar, all dejected, and finds Robin crying, I love the way he comforts Robin. She whispers something in his ear, which I'm sure is Robin revealing that she'll show Barney the tape. I've never seen Robin so vulnerable before in the series, and I like the fact that Barney is there for her in every way, and sometimes that's all you need.
1: Amen. Good one. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Bobby, who's one of our patrons, and she says Hello, ladies. My legendary moment for this episode is James Vanderbeek. I definitely did not realize before this that he could be such a great comedic actor. <laughs> Him explaining how his job at the water park can be a life or death situation with that Canadian accent gets me every time. I really thought he was Canadian, so joke's on me. Mm -hmm. I have to give honorary mention to Barney comforting Robin at the bar toward the end of the episode. It's rare that we see such a sweet moment from Barney. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, Bobby.
0: Russell, another patron, writes, Hey, beautiful ladies. My legendary moment for this episode is where Marshall and Lily, behaving like parents to Robin, who is acting like a teenager, with Ted on the side being the brother also, the greatest love ballad, Sandcastle in the Sand. Talk hmm. to you later.
1: Nice. <laughs> Thanks, Russell. All right, next up is Susan. And Susan's legendary moment is the puppy slideshow with Murder Train playing, Had Me Rolling, <laughs> and is my legendary moment. Good one, Susan. Rick,
0: another patron, writes, Hey, ladies, I'm sure you have a ton of emails on this episode. True. So here's my quick ledge mo: The birth of Murder Train. I love how music is a big part of the hymnium mm-hmm. lore. Yeah. Also, did you catch that the quiet, dramatic piano music before Barney and Robin Hookup was low-key the chorus to Sandcastles in the Sand? Yeah. Like I said, it's like
1: the only music in the whole episode. Mm -hmm. It's everywhere. It's very cool. Yeah. Good one, Rick. All right. Next up, we have Eric, who we haven't heard from in a while. He's our pirate friend. We've missed you. And he, um, he wrote a very long email, but mercifully said we don't have to read the whole thing because most of it was him giving his legendary moments of our podcast episodes. Oh. So, Caitlin, if you haven't gone in and read those, you should. Thank you so much, Eric. We really appreciate your love. You're so sweet. The best. And so um, he says his actual legendary moment from Sandcastles in the Sand is the reveal that Robin's ex, Simon, was such a slub. And Robin's love-struck reaction. It sets the tone immediately in one small moment. And he says, also, who needs a pool when summer is one week long? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he also loved Lily and Michelle. Easy li- oh, Lily and Michelle was actually his legendary moment. And Michelle immediately being able to switch gears, even when aware of it. Hello, well. Good one, Eric.
0: And last but definitely not least is Tanya.
1: It's a different Tanya. It's not our patron Tanya. This is oh. a new one, and it looks like she's either Canadian or British because I see the, oh, you. the favorite spelling, so let us know where you're at, Tanya. Yeah, new Tanya. New Tanya.
0: My absolute favorite moment has to be when Marshall and Lily are playing mom and dad to Robin, who really does need it.
1: Accurate. Good one, Tanya. <laughs> All right, Caitlin, what's your alleged mom? Uh, Colby Smulders. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. For sure. Yeah, she does a great job.
0: I mean, obviously, I love James Vanderbeek. Mm-hmm. I love that Barney and Robin are together. I love them together so much. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of things, but Robin, this is Robin's episode, and yep. she doesn't disappoint.
1: Amen. Good call. My legendary moment is fucking sandcastles in the sand. I feel like. Oh, w- duh. Russell was like the <laughs> only one who said that. This video, dudes. No, there's so much great stuff going on. There is no wrong legendary moment. Yeah, I just. But, duh. I mean. That's the one that's staring us all in the face. Robin Sparkles, too, y'all. It's gotta be that. Look what it did. It brought everybody together. It's amazing. It's amazing. I know. It even brought mm. Michelle and Lily back together. He is scrub. Woo! All right, y'all. We did it. That's it. This is gonna be a huge. Hugely long episode. Thanks one more time to Alec Lev for all of his uh, nuggets that he shared with us in his interview. Go back and watch Sandcastles in the Sand again. See if you notice anything else fun that he might have mentioned. And we will see you next time for the fucking goat! Literally so the I goat. can't believe season three is winding down. It's crazy. It's I know. really crazy. We're almost done with season three. So yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Send your legendary moments to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. Remember, if you loved this episode and you haven't left us an iTunes review yet, it's a free and easy way to support the show. Uh, Mm -hmm. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud or Spotify, wherever you listen, so you don't miss a recap. Check out our merch, Zazzle.com slash HeyBeautifulPod. And we hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gordon and Caitlin Turner. Our intro-outro music is by Owl All.